The Art of Memory. A series telling the human stories behind art. In what ways do our senses provoke memories? Can emotions and experiences be expressed through color? How can we make art from our past? We hear from contemporary artists, a stroke survivor, a neuroscientist, and myself, Kayo Chingonyi, to explore the role of memory in art. I'm terrible on memory on other things, but visually, I, I can recount whole exhibitions that I saw 30 years ago, and I could tell you exactly what room, where that was hanging. You know, that's how my, my brain works. Through a slowness and through a meticulous, almost forensic attention to surface, I do allow space for kind of memory and certainty to fall away. It's the strangest thing, it's like waking up on Mars or something. You've never been there, you don't recognise anything. I didn't know what to trust, who to trust. I didn't know if anything I remember was actually a genuine memory or I'd made it up. There's a particular route I would walk as a child in Zambia from the house that we lived in, in Mufrila on the Copper Belt, to the school that I went to. I remember that walk very distinctly in terms of the distance, the feeling of that walk, the, the heat under my feet, the humidity of the place. And so frequently when I'm writing something that's in an analogous landscape, I go back to that scene as a way of getting into whatever place I'm writing about. Often I begin by imagining and remembering and using the writing as a way of reconstructing that place from memory. We're in a park right now and there's a lovely fir tree, there's various trees with no leaves on. If you came back day after day drawing it, drawing it, drawing it, eventually you'd be back in the studio and think, it's in my head, I can, I can just shut my eyes. Nick Turner is a painter based in Wales. He combines sketches of the outside world with memories to create his work. So I'm not looking at memory being so important that I have to remember all the windows in a house or all the chimneys, but it's a memory of the sort of sensation of a place, I, I guess, uh, the feeling of it. In my own work, many different environments will come in to make one painting. So if I'm working on, let's say, a sort of harbour scene about Cornwall, there'll be things taken from all sorts of various places. Gauguin said, I shut my eyes to see because it's in there. But the only way it can go in is by looking. That's how you learn, by going back and back and back. Pierre Bonnard was a French painter and printmaker and one of the great colorists of the early 20th century. He preferred to work from memory, often making sketches in pencil, then reliving the experience back in his studio in vivid color. His imagination in paint captured the spirit of what he remembered. Bonnard says, An artist, we may imagine, does a great deal of looking, both around him and within him. Rachel Williams is a PhD student in neuroscience. If you'd like to paint from memory, there are a few things that I'd recommend you focus on. What does the colour of the scene I'm looking at look like? What about the texture? 
Where do there appear to be sharp lines cutting through or soft curves? That attention is what is going to draw the features of what you're seeing into long-term memory. The subject Bonner went back to most of all. The relationship he was most devoted to was Marthe de Melini, his lifelong partner. They met in Paris in 1893 and were together until her death 49 years later. Bonner made over 300 paintings of their daily life. Rosanna McLaughlin is a writer and the art editor of The White Review. When I look at Bonnard's paintings, sometimes I can't believe that I'm being allowed to see what I'm seeing. The content of them is so personal, particularly in relation to what it's like to be in a long-term relationship and what it must have been like for him to be in this long-term relationship with Mark, where you get this kind of combination of real kind of intimacy and love, but also alienation. Like in a lot of the paintings, you can't really see her face. And in some, you might see Bonnard coming into the frame too, but you don't see his face either. And I was talking to a friend who once described being in a loving relationship over a long period of time as a little bit like having a book rested up right against your face. You're so close to it, but you can no longer really read it. And that's the feeling that I get when I look at those paintings, that he's so close to Mark that she's sort of become him. She saturated every part of his home, his his memory, his life. But he can't really see her in the present moment anymore. Due to contracting tuberculosis, Mart suffered from various conditions. Some of Bonnard's best-known paintings are intimate scenes of Mart in the bath. Bathing provided relief for her symptoms. Constanza de Seine is an artist working with print who has been deeply inspired by Bonnard's paintings. There's nothing kind of grandiose figure paintings about these. It feels like the love of a normal and awkward and anxious and human person. I mean, for me, they do feel like I'm in the bath, not that I'm looking at someone in a bath. I am the figure in the bath, just because of how like visceral the feeling of the water is. Bonnard's paintings have a really specific tone to them, and he once wrote that one does not always sing out of happiness, and I think that pretty much kind of sums up the atmosphere in his paintings, in that they're kind of haunting, they're like lyrical and melancholy all at the same time. On the one hand, you get these very sort of beautiful, carefully considered compositions, but everything also carries a kind of an emotional weight to it. Like, I'm thinking about the way that he paints water, which might have a kind of white sheen over the top of it. And then when you see Mart's legs underneath, it'll have a mauve or kind of pallid green colour to it. All these colours kind of swirl together, so the water is not just water, it's also kind of sickness or alienation or reclusiveness or tenderness. I feel like that's such a, a strong component of his palette somehow that he manages to pick out the emotions to go with the colours. Do certain colours bring back memories? When I was four years old, I was bought this pair of Wellington boots, which, if you're in the rain season in Zambia, the rain is very heavy and there's quite a lot of flooding and Wellington boots are a wonderful thing to have. But there was this 
this vibrancy to the color yellow, which I've always remembered. And whenever I see that shade, something of that moment comes back to me, no matter what context I'm in. When an artist has a particular attunement to the ways in which color shape meaning, there's something very powerful that happens when you view their work. I'd say the vividness in, in Bonnard's work, for me, is a little bit like looking at someone's like memory or emotions in high definition. Like The colors are much brighter, obviously, than they would be if you were standing in that room. Everything is kind of turned up to the max in a way that makes you start to feel slightly on edge, or makes me start to feel slightly on edge when I'm looking at them. Um, so I can't tell in the end whether what I'm seeing is a sight of something quite horrible or something very beautiful. Bonard seems to me, more than any other painter I can really think about, to be painting with colour in a way that evokes temperatures. And, you know, when I look at the bathroom scenes, you kind of absolutely know that those legs are lying in water that's, like, warm but not really warm. It's sort of been in for quite a long time, that bath, getting to the point where it's now painful to get out. Whereas the kind of glass in the windows very often feels cool and the enamel of the bath feels cool. And I do find them beautiful, but I find them kind of painfully beautiful and they're kind of, there's a kind of transience and a kind of anxiety in the beauty. I get a real sense of the mixture and the confusion of sensory impulses from Bonnard's work. I think that goes in line with the sense of trying to capture the feel of something or the sense of something. When writing poems, I'm trying to draw on that experience of, of having a body and of being activated by the senses. For me, it's hearing in particular that, that really draws lots of resonances from the world. The similarities I see between my work and his is this relationship to touch and the visual not being more important than maybe the tactile. My work is more about kind of material memories and looking very closely at objects and kind of reading the traces of time and human interactions in these objects. The viewer is able to find a way into understanding the image and, and in allowing that space I sort of hope that they will draw on like their latent knowledge of the world through touch and memories of touch and memories of texture. There are different routes for creating and storing memories of sound than there are to sight or smell. Uh, in fact, lots of people's earliest memories tends to be of a smell, and that's because there's a direct link between your sensory neurons for smell and the hippocampus, a key area for memory in the brain. You told me to get that toothpaste the other day. <laughs> I forgot. I'm terrible on memory on other things, but visually, I, I can recount whole exhibitions that I saw 30 years ago, and I could tell you exactly what room, where that was hanging. You know, that's how my, my brain works. I could, I could draw it out and tell you exactly where each painting was done, you know, because it, it left such an imprint on my mind. It's because it must mean something. When something's special, you remember it forever. Matthew Gale, curator of the CC Land exhibition, Pierre Bonnard, The Colour of Memory, at the Tate. One of the themes that Bonnard returns to increasingly is the landscape. 
and we know from the diaries that he kept pretty consistently from the 1920s onwards that he would take a daily walk. He would make notes about the weather conditions and was acutely aware of the world around him, even as he reconstructed that world through memory in the studio. So there's something about viewing someone's artistic representation of an intimacy or a memory, which is, I think it's sacred. There's a sharing of something in that moment which is deeply intimate. There's a sense in which, because it's so intimate, its totality can't be shared. That's special, I think, because it opens up a space for somebody to bring their own memories and feelings and associations to whatever the work of art is. And in so doing, something new is created by the experience of sharing. Sylvia Remat is a performance artist, fascinated by processes of the mind and memory. I wanted to create a show no one in the audience would ever forget. Sylvia set herself the perhaps impossible goal of making a show her audience would truly never forget. She collaborated with memory experts in neuroscience and experimental psychology. I asked them what I could do for my show and myself as an artist to be remembered. By introducing memory tasks to the stage, Sylvia trained her audience to remember the show forever as they watched. Write down your name and how you want to be remembered in this performance. I have an eagle owl in the show, a living eagle owl, and I'm Skyping different people from different parts of the world who help me to create an act of remembrance. A toast to your memory. <laughs> Here, nine hours in the future, before you have even arrived, in Sydney, Australia, a place you might never have been to before. Your legacy is a place... Rather than using my memory of experiences of the past, I was trying to create something memorable for the audience. We're sitting outside Headway Day Centre by the canal. It's a breezy but fresh day. A northwesterly breeze coming in. And I reckon about 25 miles per hour. Low pressure on the horizon. Keeping our fingers crossed for good weather. Art is also a way for some people to remember their lives and themselves. Stuart Donaldson, a former professional musician, is someone who is deeply aware of the importance of memory. The John Martin album I used to love. I heard that first time in ages, about two years, I don't know, at my time, I'm very confused about time, time um, sequences, but not that long after my stroke, and that brought back the memory of listening to him when I was younger and actually meeting him on one occasion, because I was a big fan. And I had a stroke at the end of 2009. I was found lying in the street near the Homerton Hospital, which is quite convenient in a way because it wasn't too far to go. I hadn't a clue who I was, where I came from, where I lived. I can remember walking down the street and actually asking people where was I, you know, in the street. It's very embarrassing looking back. It's the strangest feeling, it's like waking up on Mars or something. You've never been there, you don't recognise anything. I didn't know what to trust, who to trust. I didn't know if anything I remember was actually a genuine memory or I'd made it up, you know. 
Confab- what's it called? Confabulation. Living life with a brain injury is like starting from scratch every single day. But there is a positive side to that, which is if you're starting from scratch, you can reinvent everything to a certain extent. You can have a more positive attitude because it's a blank canvas and you can write anything on it, anything you want. How many times you're asked by someone, how long did it take you to paint that painting? They always want to know how long it's taken you. Well... It might have been Picasso, I don't know, somebody said, all of my life, (laughs) which is true. All your experiences and memories go into your work. Bonnard's paintings don't really depict a single scene or a single moment in time or even really, you couldn't really say a single day. Instead, they capture sort of textured psychological atmospheres that have sometimes accrued over really long periods of time. He might paint something that he experienced decades prior or it might take him decades to finish a painting. The CC Land Exhibition, Pierre Bonnard, The Colour of Memory, is at the Tate from 23rd of January to the 6th of May 2019. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. The Art of Memory was produced by Eliza Lomas. It was a Boom Shakalaka production with music from Front Ear. It was mixed by Steve Wyatt. With thanks to Rosanna McLaughlin, Matthew Gale, Nick Turner, Rachel Williams, Constanza Desain, Sylvia Remat, Stuart Donaldson and the staff at Headway, and Kayo Chingonyi. <laughs>